The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Who broke their promise to you? Who betrayed you? Somebody gave you a promise and then they violated your trust. Um, and as a result, you feel brokenhearted. I, I know as I speak to you, I carry that feeling of being brokenhearted, but not because of promises that someone else gave me and then they broke, but because I've broken my promises. In fact, some of the most crushing words I've ever heard in my life have been one of my kids looked at me and said, but daddy, you promised. And I mean, I carry that, that hurts so deep because I, there's definitely been moments, uh, low points. I mean, these are not the high points of parenting. When I've given my word, we're gonna do this, we're gonna go there, daddy's gonna do this with you. And then something happened and I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play with you when, and then the when never came around. And so my kids, you know, they've had those moments, my poor kids are gonna need therapy by the time they get out of our house because we sit, right? Like I promise, and then it doesn't happen. And, and because we get busy and busyness has a way of violating trust, doesn't it? And, and right now, my, my, young, my little guy, Daniel, uh, so often when I'm walking out the door, he'll literally chase behind me and he'll say, uh, Daddy, where are you going? Where are you going? Can you play with me? And I'm like, it's horrible. They would have no idea how many times I've gotten in the car with my, with my eyes nearly welling up with tears because I feel like somehow I'm breaking trust or I'm breaking my promises and, and I know for certain that you carry that. You, you carry the pain, the hurt of someone having given you their word and then violated your trust. Someone betrayed you, they, they gave you a vow, they gave you a commitment, and then they weren't there when you needed them most. And as a result, you and I tend to go through life feeling a little more guarded, where maybe even more than guarded, we can be a little cynical. Because we just don't take people at their word. And maybe right now what you really feel is that God has betrayed you. God broke his promises. That maybe when you needed God most, he wasn't there for you. In fact, you, you hear the promise of the Bible that God gave to Joshua said, I will never, you, never leave you, I will never forsake you. And what you feel is, yeah, right, God, I feel like you have left me. I feel like you have forsaken me. And, and so you still pray because you know that that's what you have to do when you're desperate and you're in trouble. But isn't it true, right? There are moments in our life when we pray to a closed heaven. Feel like, it feels like heaven is closed. You're saying the words, but it's hitting up against some spiritual ceiling. It's not getting through. If it is getting into heaven, it's not making it to God's ears. And I don't know how many of you have prayed and often have felt like you've prayed to a closed heaven. Maybe God is there, maybe God is real, but he is not hearing and he is not responding. In this series, we're looking at the life of a guy named Abram. 
And Abram is an example to us of how someone far away from God can become a friend and favorite of God. And I think we can relate just a little bit to Abram. Here is a guy who was not only far from God, but he was doing his own thing. In fact, he was worshiping made up gods. He lived in a pagan culture. His ancestors were pagans. They worshiped the the sun and the moon and, and, and they're nomadic. And God just decided one day to play favorites and he chose Abram. And, this pro- and he gave Abram a promise, and here it is. I want to read it to you. It's found in the first book of the Bible. The first book of the Bible is Genesis. Genesis opens up the story of God. It tells us a story of the origins of man, how God created everything, and how God interacts with man. And we can discover how we can interact with God as we read the story of Genesis. And so in Genesis chapter 12... We're introduced to uh, Abram, and it simply says this in Genesis uh, 12, and I'm going to read verse 1 through 3. This is the promise that God gave a guy who was far away from him. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. Did you catch that? God's playing favorites. God's making a friend with a guy who's far away from him. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all of the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And I want to jump ahead because God is saying, Abram, I've chosen you. You were far from me, but I've come close to you. You were not a friend of me. You were a foe of mine, but I have chosen you, and I'm playing favorites with you. You are going to live your life in my favor. And so what does that look like, and what does that mean for Abram? Well, if you jump ahead in the story just a little bit, God gives Abram a promise, and here it is. It's in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. God says to a guy who is far away from him, God comes near and says, I am your shield, I'm your protector, and I am your great reward. And Abram replies and says, God, what what, what do you mean you're gonna give me a, a reward? You are my reward, I have nothing. And the worst part of it is, no matter what you give me, I won't be able to pass it on to my, to, into my uh, legacy because I don't have any kids. And God catches him and says this. God kind of interrupts his complaints. God interrupts his arguments and, and simply continues with this statement. He took, God took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and start counting the stars. If indeed you can count them, Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And so right here, God says, not only have I chosen you, and I'm going to be near you, and I am going to be your reward, but you've been complaining about how you don't have any kids. I'm going to actually give you children. And Abram's like, but I'm an old man. And God's like, trust me, I'm going to give you children. And and so... 
We continue reading, and Abram, here, here's the key, right? This is gonna be the nugget that I want you to catch. So as I go through the whole message, don't miss this moment. This is the essential. God, God chose Abram. God made him his favorite. God made him his friend. God gives him these promises. God comes near him. And there's only one thing that Abram can do to experience all of it. And it's this verse right here. I'm gonna read uh, Genesis chapter 15, verse six. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. And there it is. In one moment, here's Abram, this guy who's far away from God, and God comes near him, who's an enemy of God, a foe of God, and God makes him his friend. And God lavishes his favor on him. God gives him these promises, these incredible promises. And the only thing Abram can do is what you read in verse six, and that is that Abram simply believed. And the challenge I want you to have when you feel like you're praying to a closed heaven, when others have broke their promises with you and so you expect God to break his word with you, Here's the challenge I would encourage you to take heart of. As, you, as you're in the early uh, season, you're in the first couple of weeks of 2018 and you're looking ahead to the rest of this year, how are you gonna live this year in relationship with God? The challenge I wanna give you is this, and if I could, I would encourage you to write this down at all of our campuses. If you would take a moment, get out a pen, and I want you to write this down. You have a program, you have the study guide, you can write it in, or pull out a smartphone, pull out a tablet, and you can just type this in. If if you're on social media with us, by all means, maybe you're Facebook living it, you can type this into the comment section, all right, you with me? You can even put it in all caps so that all of your friends catch it. Here it is, faith accesses an open heaven. Faith gives you access to an open heaven. Now doesn't that just sound great? Man, I, I love that picture. That through faith, I have access to an open heaven. But the reality is there is a very real reason why we feel that we are praying to a closed heaven. There is a reason why most of us feel that God is distant from us. There is a reason why we are cynical in our relationships with others and toward God because we feel that God is not there. Why? Because not because God removed himself, not because God broke his promises, not because God has betrayed us. The reason we feel that we pray to a closed heaven, the reason we feel that God is not there is because we have turned our back on God. It's not that God betrayed us, it's that you and I betrayed God. The word I would give you for this is called sin. Sin is a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual activity where you and I rejected God. We were born with a sin instinct. We actually wanted to turn away from God and do our own thing. And when we turned away from God and we did our own thing, we betrayed relationship with God. We actually chose to separate ourselves from the God who loved us, who created us, and who wants to be in relationship with us. God loves us the same way he loved Abram. God came near us the same way he, the way he came near Abram, who was far from him. God comes near us, but we turned our back on him. We betrayed God. We rejected God. Sin, which is what cuts us off from relationship with God, drives a wedge, 
constantly between us and not only God, but us and others. So we go through life sin-cursed, sin-sabotaged, and then sin leads us to ruin, where we go into death and spend eternity suffering the judgment of a life of sin. This is the bad news, that sin perpetually wrecks our relationship with God. It leaves us feeling that we are praying to a closed heaven, but the reality is we've closed off heaven. We've slammed the door in the face of God. We've turned our back and walked away from God. And what is God's response? And that's the point of the story. That God's response is that he comes close to people that are far away from him. God runs after those that are running away from him. People that have rejected God are chosen by God. And so how does God do this? What is God's response? What is God's step in coming after us? Let me just challenge you. As I continue with the story, I want to introduce you to an idea. Because God promises this to Abram, but God wants to to make it a little more serious. He doesn't just want to give Abram a promise. He wants a relationship with Abram. And God doesn't want to just give you a promise. God wants a relationship with you. And so here is the passage. I want to just read it to you. I'm going to jump ahead one more time to Genesis chapter 17. And we're going to start in verse 4. As for me, so this is God speaking to Abraham, Abram. As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. And so in this passage, God is gonna talk about how he wants a covenant relationship with Abram. Now, many of you, you don't use a word like covenant unless you're in uh, HOA and you have uh, rules and covenants, right? So what is an actual covenant? So it's basically in contrast to a contract. A contract is an agreement based on a short span of time. You hope it's a short span of time, like you want the contractor to get the job done in a short amount of time, right? So it's a short-term agreement requiring a limited skill set And it's based on mutual fulfillment of the agreement. So if you don't pay, they don't do the job. If they don't do the job, they don't get paid, right? That's a contract. A covenant is a forever relationship where one party, one part of the relationship says to the other, I give my life completely to you for the rest of my life, no matter what you ever do. Even if you break covenant, I commit myself to you. Now, that's not a covenant relationship. A covenant relationship is when two people, two parties, both make the same commitment. So one person says to the other one, I give my life to you for the rest of my life. I give myself completely to you, no matter what you ever do to me. And the other person says, I agree, I give myself completely to you for the rest of my life, no matter what you ever do to me. Now we have a covenant relationship. And some of you are like, wait, that sounds a lot like marriage. That's right, marriage is a covenant relationship. But it started right here with God, where God said to Abram, I wanna have a forever relationship with you. I'm gonna give myself to you for as long as I live. God lives forever. So God's saying, Abram, I'm gonna give my life to you forever. I'm gonna be there for you forever. I'm gonna give myself totally to you. No matter what you ever do to me, I love you. 
Now the relationship only continues when Abram responds. So in this story, we have Abram, uh, you know, hearing this, and then God continues. Check this out, right? God goes like this. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, which means father of nations. For I have made you the father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Now, I get it. Some of you, when you're reading this, you're like, what, is, what, what point does this have in my life? It has a very significant point because this was a moment when God initiated relationship with people that were far away from him. When sin broke the covenant relationship, between us and God, God pursued Abram, said, I choose you and I will change you. And then God continues. He gives him a whole list of promises. He says, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to meet your needs. And what God does in this moment is God initiates a covenant relationship. And here's why that's important. Because this moment started a story that continues to be written for 4,000 years. 4,000 years ago, God met Abram. And God pursued Abram. And God said, I want a covenant relationship with you. And that, that covenant met its climax when Jesus came. That's right. The fulfillment of God's promise to Abram was in Jesus. Because what God said was, I'm going to bless the whole world through you. I'm going to give you nations. Well, how was God going to do that? Well, Abram, Abram's wife did have a child. Isaac, and then through Isaac came other children, and they became the nation of Israel. Through Israel came Jesus. Jesus was the fulfillment of the promise God gave Abram, who he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, so that you and I could have access to this promise through faith. See, faith gives us access to an open heaven where God is not far away and distant, but God is close by and who loves us and is near to us. And so let me challenge you with this. I want to jump ahead to a letter written by the Apostle Paul, a guy who was far away from loving God. He was, in fact, he was a religious terrorist using his religion to justify killing Christians, but Jesus met him in a vision and he was radically changed and he became a Christian. And then from that point on, he started telling other people about Jesus, used his business to fund starting churches across Asia and Europe. He, he wrote a letter to a church that had started in Rome where he wanted to move his headquarters. And in that, in that letter to Rome, he writes uh, this in Romans chapter 15, verse eight, and he's making this really important point. Don't miss this. He says this, remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to his ancestors. Now, maybe that doesn't sound like a big deal to you, but here is the point I want you to get out of this. So I said, faith accesses an open heaven. Well, what do you receive through faith when you get access to an open heaven? It's this, faith accesses the promises of God. Faith gives you access to the promises of God. What Paul was writing was this, 
2,000 years before Jesus showed up, God promised to Abram that he would love him, he would meet his needs, he would provide for him, he would give him nations, and that God would bless others through him. Then when Jesus showed up, Jesus was the fulfillment of that promise, and that's Paul's point. 2,000 years later, Paul is writing to people, saying he's writing to this, the church in Rome, and he's going this, check it out, God kept his word. When Jesus showed up, Jesus died on a cross, not because he deserved to die. Listen, every covenant, biblically, had to be sealed in blood, the blood bond. And so when God told Abram that he wanted to make a covenant with him, he required Abram to offer an animal sacrifice. Jesus became the sacrifice for a new covenant. How does that work? When you and I were far away from God, God loved us. Jesus Christ came to earth. God came near us. And then he took our sin shame, our sin guilt, our sin death, the judgment we deserve because of sin. Jesus took that on himself so that this perfect God man died in our place. His death became the blood sacrifice to seal this new covenant relationship that God wanted with you and with me. Here's the deal. What it shows, and that's Paul's point, is that God keeps his promises. That Jesus came and said, I am keeping my word. The promise God gave Abraham is the promise God gives you. And that is that God is not far away and distant. God is nearby. That you are not alone. That you're not on your own. And then what God does is this. He gives Abram this long list. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm to be close to you. I'm going to be your God. I'm going to give you a new land. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to protect you. I'm always going to be with you. And when God was giving Abram those promises, he was listing his job description. Meaning as you read that, here is what you hear. God saying to Abraham, this is what you can expect from me. So through faith, you have access to the promises of God. And you know what you can expect from God? That he will be nearby you. Here's the deal. When you believe in Jesus by faith, you believe that Jesus died on a cross to seal the covenant relationship between you and God. You believe that Jesus rose from the dead. He was victorious over your sin, victorious over the power of death, and he conquered the power of eternal judgment. So when you believe in Jesus by faith, what you're saying is, I trust that God keeps his promises and that God's promises continue to be available to me. Abraham demonstrates to us that no matter how far you are from God, it doesn't matter what your heritage is, it doesn't matter what your ancestry is, it doesn't matter what your religious background is, it doesn't matter what you did previously, that God loves people and God is pursuing people and God wants to give his promises to people. And the best promise that God offers is his love through faith in Jesus. Faith is simply trusting God at his word. I know others have broken their word with you. Others haven't kept their promises. Maybe it was your parents that didn't keep their promise. And as a result, you go through life a little more cynical. But I want you to hear this. God keeps his word. That's why Jesus came, to keep his word to Abraham. So that you, you and I, who are far away from God, could receive the promises of God. And faith gives us access 
to those incredible promises of God. He, and, and how did Abram respond to this? The only thing Abram could do is this. It says this in uh, Genesis chapter 15, verse uh, six. It says simply this. Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord accepted Abram's faith, and that faith made him right with God. Another translation says it made him righteous. The word righteous means to be in right relationship with God. You want to know how you live right with God? Trust him. Just simply believe that God will do what he said he's going to do. God will do what he said he's going to do in your life. And so what did God say? He said, Abram, I will be there for you. I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will look out for you. I will take care of your needs. I am your provider. I know your future, and I'm going to give you a future. All of those promises that God offered Abram, he's offered to you through faith in Jesus. And so your, your challenge is, do I have faith in Jesus and am I actively living by faith in Jesus and do I believe that God will keep his promises in my life? Now don't just stop there. There's more to this story. And that is, let me read Genesis chapter 15 verse 1 again. I read it quickly, but I don't want you to miss this part because this is the best promise of God. Genesis 15, verse 1, God is speaking to Abram and he says this, I am your shield and your very great reward. He continues, and, and our, our takeaway is this, and I'm going to read verse 15 through uh, verse 17 and 18. So Abram offers uh, this animal sacrifice. And then God shows up in an amazing way. This is how it says that God responds to Abram's sacrifice. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot, which is this kind of spiritual metaphor, it looked like that, with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the animal sacrifice, between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. Now, I know it's some weird metaphor, and maybe as you're hearing it, you're like, animal sacrifices, what? This sounds crazy. You know, I, I'm a kind of a fan of PETA, and animals shouldn't die. Look, stop it. Stop it. You're, you're missing the point. The point was, we were talking about an ancient time before Jesus where people had to offer sacrifices to God to overlook their, their wrongdoings. God said, Abram, you offer me a sacrifice. And so Abram kills this animal, offers it to God, and then God shows up in a powerful way in fire. And it says that that moment sealed the covenant relationship between God and Abram. And what's the point? It's this. Faith accesses the presence of God. Faith doesn't just give you access to the promises of God where God will do these things for you. God, uh, faith gives you access to God himself so that God is your great reward. God is the greatest thing you can ever ask for. God's presence is all that we desire. I want God more than anything else. And maybe some of you, 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 you missed that moment, but I want, I want you to hear this again. God is your great reward. God wants to know you personally. God wants to be nearby your life. God doesn't want you to be distant from him. And here is the point. Abram prayed and God heard. Abram is our proof that people that are far away from God are, will be heard by God. God comes near them. God listens and God loves. 
When you believe in Jesus by faith, you have access to the presence of God, which means you know that God hears you and God is nearby you. Listen to this. Faith means you pray to an open heaven. Faith means that when you cry out to God, you are crying out to a God who has open arms to you. When you are desperate and in need, there is an open heaven that wants to pour into your life God's richest blessings. God wants to overflow in your life. You may feel far from God but your feelings don't match reality. You may feel bankrupt. You may feel like you don't have anything in life, but your feelings don't match reality. The reality that said, that God says to you, I am more than enough for you. I am your great reward. Oh, you don't have any finances? Oh, you're, you're, you, you're about foreclosed on in your life? I am your home. I am your greatest resource. I will fill your life and I will spill over your life. When you understand the promise that God offered Abraham and that God honored his promises and he showed up with his presence, faith gives you access to an open heaven. Some of you, you feel like you've been beating your fist against a wall. You've been screaming to a closed heaven. I want you to hear this. You pray to an open heaven when you pray by faith in Jesus Christ. Now faith, faith isn't some mystical some metaphysical thing that is just a theory. No, faith is for real. Faith means I trust the truth of God's word more than I trust the reality of what I can see. So when I feel that God is far from me, faith believes that God is nearby. When I see the bills piled up and I can't provide for myself, I have that reality, but I also have the reality that God is my provider. Faith trusts God more than the bills. It's not that these aren't real, it's just that I believe that the truth of God is more real than my own present reality, my present fears, my present threats, my present troubles. God is an ever-present helper in time of need. So faith is active. Faith is obedient. What did, Abram, what did Abram do? When God gave him this promise, when God showed up in his life, we're gonna, go, we're gonna jump back to Genesis chapter 12. God says, I'm gonna bless you, and I wanna, I'm gonna bless the world through you, but you have to leave where you are and go to a new land. What did Abram do? It says this in, verse, in Genesis chapter 12, verse four. So Abram left as the Lord had told him. Abram simply obeyed by faith. And I wanna challenge you. Most of us do not access the promises of God or experience the presence of God, not for a lack of faith, but for a lack of obedience. Did you catch that? There is a moment in your life when you have to choose to say yes and do something. And for many of us, we are leaving the promises of God unopened. We are leaving the presence of God unaccessed simply because we are unwilling to trust God and obey him by faith. So what is that one step of obedience that is keeping you from experiencing the promises of God and the presence of God? See, obedience gives us access 
to the promises of God, and obedience is the proper response to the promises of God, meaning it both opens the door and it keeps us living in the promises of God. So what is it? There is one little yes in your life that is separating you from the promises and the presence of God. What is that one act of obedience? Here's what I want you to hear. Faith must be active. And so I want you to activate the promises of God and I want you to activate the presence of God through faith and obedience. Our faith must be bold. Our faith must take risks. Our faith must uh, be a life radically lived out, surrendered to God. So for you, how can you take that one step of faith right now? Maybe as you go through 2018, there's going to be another step of faith that God's going to ask you to take. Maybe there's going to be an, a step of obedience that's going to be required to access the promises of God. Look, when you believe in Jesus by faith, what that means is you do what feels uncomfortable to you. So faith gives out of your lack. Faith serves when I want someone to serve me. Faith takes risks even when I'm scared out of my mind because I trust God more than I trust my present reality. And so what is that one step of faith you need to take today? What is that one act of obedience you need to say yes to today? Now I wanna challenge you. Imagine right now you prayed to an open heaven. I bet you would pray different. Imagine you knew that as you read the Bible, you knew that you were discovering the promises of God. Maybe you would read the Bible a little different. Can I challenge you this year? Would you start reading the Bible? Would you start praying to God, knowing that you're praying to an open heaven? Would you start obeying God, trusting that your obedience is activating the promises and the presence of God? Now I wanna challenge you, how can you respond right now? Don't delay this till tomorrow. Don't wait for another week to go by. Say right now, I wanna say one little yes to God. What is your little yes that you can say yes to God in? I want you to take a moment, just close your eyes. What is your yes? For some of you, that yes is saying yes to Jesus for the very first time. Your yes is saying, I choose to believe in Jesus by faith. I believe that he died on a cross, he rose again, and he is offering me covenant relationship. If that's you right now, and you're ready to say yes to Jesus, can I encourage you, would you just raise your hands high? I wanna challenge you right now. This is your little yes moment. Yep, that's me. This is my little yes of I'm beginning this new relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're at one of our other campuses right now and, and you're ready to respond. I want you to raise your hand high with me. If you're with us online, I want you to indicate that you are raising your hand and you're saying yes to Jesus right now. Would you just raise your hand? For those of you that are raising your hand, I wanna take a moment, I wanna pray with you. For others of you, while I am praying, I want you to begin to say yes to Jesus. What is that step of faith you need to take? What is that act of obedience that you need to take right now? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that you offer your promises to us, that you are not far away, you don't break your promises, and the best promise you offer is that you are our great reward. Those that raise their hand right now, God, they're saying yes to you. They're believing in you by faith. They're receiving your love, and they're being made new in your love. I pray that you'd forgive them of sin and give them new life through faith in you.
And God, for each one of us, as we, as we respond to you, would you give us that radical faith that gives us access to your promises and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.